Okay. Uh, Zevon did not like it. <laughs> no, just let, just shoot from the hip. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to Famous Last Words, a making of movies podcast, a making of moving pictures podcast. A watching films and moving pictures podcast. About cinema. And talking about films. About cinema. About cinema. And uh, And who are you? I am (laughs) not at liberty to disclose that. Secrets. I'm Andrew. I'm Teresa. And uh, today we are celebrating, well in a couple days... Uh, we are celebrating that we have been married for how long, Teresa? Ten years. Woo, 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 A and, whole decade of fun times in marriage. And we saw a movie on our honeymoon all those years ago. And this is, should make you feel old if you're of our age. And that movie was The Great Gatsby. New York, 1922. The tempo of the city had changed sharply. The buildings were higher. The parties were bigger. The morals were looser and the liquor was cheaper. The restlessness approached hysteria. Shall we? Who is this Gatsby? Do you know him? War hero. Mr. Gatsby doesn't exist. Gatsby? What Gatsby? Gatsby? What Gatsby? The Great Gatsby from 2013, directed by the great Baz Luhrmann. Uh, this is your favorite book? One of your favorite books? Yeah, this is one of my favorite books. Uh, and it's one of my favorites, too. Um, it might be one of the great American novels. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's in that list. I, I think we can call it. <laughs> we can call it. Um, you heard it here first yeah, you heard- on Famous Less Words. <laughs> Uh, this movie is glitz and glamour, packed to the T. It's Boz Lerman's most Boz Lerman movie, maybe. Though Elvis mm. is very Boz Lerman-y, too. They're all great. They're um, all fabulous. <laughs> uh, this movie... I remember at the time this movie actually got knocked, kept on getting pushed back, and it's because they had so many visual effects in this movie, but they all work we saw this movie on a matinee on our honeymoon <laughs> with a bunch of old ladies. A whole group of old ladies yep. <laughs> in Cape Cod. <laughs> and uh, it was it was funny. It was... It was fun. It was it, a great time. Yeah. The beginning of this movie is particularly like... A, like It's just throwing everything at the t- at, at you. Mm, yeah. It, it, it calms down and gets into the right groove. You know what? That's a great point because I kind of forgot about that because I'm, I'm so used to it. I've seen it a lot now, mm-hmm. but I do remember feeling that way the first time watching it. And I think it's really off-putting for people, especially if they aren't familiar with Baz Luhrmann's films. There, a lot of people did not like this film. Yeah. Uh, the movie, Jay Gatsby, the movie has inspired casting. Um, and it had, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio as Jay Gatsby, Carrie Mulligan as Daisy Buchanan, Joel Edgerton as Tom, Tobey Maguire as Nick, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, My only beef with the ca- casting is Tobey Maguire. Okay. You don't like him? <sighs> he annoys me so much. And maybe he was properly cast for this character. I don't know. But in my brain, I did not picture Nick quite this way. Who did, Who would you have cast? I mean, in your mind, who who is... Mm. 
or the kind of actor i guess i just maybe it's like i really just don't agree with toby Maguire and his like acting it feels stilted sometimes it feels comical like he is too up and then too far down he's kind of um buffoony yeah um which nick is not in the book right like sorry i don't mean to cut you off but um cut me yeah cut you off uh you know, he's he's supposed to be, like, one of the narrative techniques is that he's an unreliable narrator, but it's so not... he's bec- a liar. He's a liar. He's not a buffoon He is spinning his own web of narr- narrative just like Jay Gatsby, so I actually kind of pictured as him as, like, a Jay Gatsby wannabe, like, different in every way. He holds Jay Gatsby on a pedestal because he kind of wants to be like him. Yeah, so I think Tobey Maguire is just, like, too far the other way, like... Mm-hmm. I just don't agree with that casting very much. And I go back and forth as if it's like, do I just not like him as an actor? Or just do I not agree with him in that role? Maybe it's more I don't agree with him in, in that role. Though I don't love his acting 100% of the time. I feel like it kind of works in a way, though. I yeah. don't know. I, I, I feel like for the... the I think you have to separate the book from the movie. The movie's its own entity. Because I feel like the book is very different in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I feel like for the vision of this, that he's like morbidly alcoholic. He's the only person that sees. He's the only person that sees it for how it is. It's kind of what they're going for, right? He's the only mm-hmm. one that kind of like can parachute above and see the whole thing. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, because he's like first person omniscient narrator. I think in this book, and I think it's pretty true to that in the film too, where like he shouldn't be able to see everything and know everything, but he does. But it's still in the first person, so he's like, "I am," but right, which is interesting, and I think works really well with films. I think that um, there's something interesting about The Great Gatsby, the 2013 movie, which we'll get into the glitz and glamour in just a second. But I, I kind of feel like this Great Gatsby, um, which came out in 2013, as I said, is almost a sign of what was important to society at the time. I know we're not comparing them, but the 1974 Great Gatsby is a much different animal with Robert Redford and uh, Mia Farrow and uh, young Sam Watterson plays Nick and Bruce Dern plays Tom. And it's just really interesting because they're, you know, Robert Redford was the biggest star of the 70s, -hmm. of the early 70s, and Leonardo DiCaprio was the biggest star of 2013. It's really interesting to kind of see them in in contrast with each other and like what is glitz and glamoury for the times yeah yeah i think they're both really great gatsby's um and similarly i think carrie mulligan is an excellent daisy and she gets the essence of daisy i feel she, she does and in a better way perhaps than even the book because in the book you just kind of hate her and you don't have as much empathy for her and at least that's my reading of it. Like she's a little bit too despicable in a way, and that so I think Carrie Mulligan helps like soften that and make her makes her much more of a relatable per- person, even though she has this opulent wealth and privilege, and she just is confused, and you just feel a little bit more for her instead of saying like, "Oh, I just don't like her." Yeah, I think that that's also Carrie Mulligan can bring three dimension to a kind mm-hmm. of a not two dimensional like she's kind of two dimensional in the book yeah it's like you know she's kind of like whatever and then like she kills whatever and then she kills myrtle (laughs) 
Not exactly, but yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's that was my, you know. Yeah. I also feel like Jay Gatsby in the book is much more dislike. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he's kind of like, I don't know, he's like a showboat. Like, he's a kind of a dude bro. Like, yeah. You know, like, in the movie, because it's Leonardo DiCaprio, it's hard to not be like, of course, like, he's going to, you know, <laughs> yeah, I too have loved, you know, like, yes. you know, and uh, his... He's just, and he's introduced in a way that makes you feel very sympathetic for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great testament to the actors, like, and their acting ability. Like you said, they let the characters be a little bit more three dimensional. You feel a little bit more connected to them. Mm-hmm. Like, even Tom Buchanan, uh, Joel um, Edgerton. Yeah. Um, you know, you hate him, but you're supposed to hate him, and you hate to hate him in this movie, and it's great. Like, you do see his some of his things too, his idiosyncratic things, and like, um, yeah, I just think the acting of this film, and maybe that's what bothers me about Tobey Maguire as the, in his casting, his role, because I don't, I don't feel better about his character. I don't feel better about Nick. I don't feel like Nick is right in the film. I think he's not right, and I think everyone else feels so great and perfect, and even better than the book in some ways. Except for Nick. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, there is... Of course, this movie is glitz and glamour to the maximum. It's art deco-y, and it's... It's incredibly beautiful. Uh, it's digital set extension done to the best that, you know, I've ever seen. But, mm-hmm. again, it's a book, and it's a memory of how things were. Mm-hmm. In, in like So, like, you know, there's sequences in the set. If you actually put logic to it, it's like doesn't doesn't hold no logic very well it's such a beautiful over-the-top representation of exactly the the story that is the book right and the production design and the costume design is just amazing and it's um you know it's actually Baz Luhrmann's wife Catherine Martin and she's worked on all of his films pretty much Mm -hmm. and won a few Emmys um not Emmys. What am I thinking? Oscars. Oscars. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> she's won. Maybe she's won Emmys too. She's won Oscars. Um, Production but, design, costume design, the aesthetic, the yeah, yeah. And I just love that they have been married for so long, and they were working together before they were married. And I don't know. I just as a filmmaking couple, I'm just like, oh, they're the dream. <laughs> yeah, she she really is. She really is amazing. Um. Yeah, she, of course, has gone on to do all of his movies, uh, Moulin Rouge, Elvis, and she has won four Oscars herself. Four Oscars, wow. She has, yeah, she was she won for The Great Gatsby, she won for Moulin Rouge, uh, for art direction and costume design, and she won, uh, well, that's, oh, uh, two for, sorry, excuse me, two for Great Gatsby for costume design and production design, and two for... Moulin Rouge, Best Art Direction, and Best Costume Design. And she's been nominated one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Yeah. And she was a producer on Elvis. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. I mean, the nature of The Beast is that Baz Luhrmann gets, you know, a lot of the recognition as the director just because that's how the industry works. But they are truly a partnership. I mean, his films have such a distinct tone and voice and style and she is a huge part in that, and mm-hmm. they work together on that. And you know, it's it's amazing. It's it's 
it's like these films are huge productions. There's just something about them that if you love them, you love them. And maybe, and if you don't like them, you definitely don't like them. But it really is the partnership of the two of them and, you know, the collaboration of everyone else. But yeah, I think Elvis and um, The Great Gatsby are on another level. Mm -hmm. To me, Romeo and Juliet is their masterpiece. It's because (laughs) it's It's modernizing this kind of. It brings all the right things forward, drops away some of the other things. The Mer- Mercutio and drag, I'm, that had to be one of their ideas. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's not, you know what I mean? Like, that he plays both sides and it's like, literally, he's, mm-hmm. you know, in drag. And like, they, there's just lots of elements to Roman and Juliet that are really interesting that are being, I mean, I feel like that's as much her movie as is his because mm-hmm. the script is written. Right, yeah. I can't pinpoint a favorite because I truly love them all. Like... Even Australia? I mean, Australia is such a different vibe, so maybe that one stands outside a little bit for me, and I've seen it a lot less uh, than the others, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a Baz Luhrmann fangirl, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And Catherine Martin. And Catherine Martin, yeah, too. So, like, um, well, the other thing we haven't it's talked about is, like, the music and how they use popular music. This is prob- His films are probably the closest you'll get me to, like, a musical yeah. that isn't maybe an old... I don't. I don't really like musicals that much anyway. I've got a few like Singing in the Rain that are nostalgic for me, but right, it's the closest you'll get me to the musical, and it's it's because he uses popular music in different ways. Like sometimes the actors are singing it, like in Moulin Rouge, and sometimes it's not. Um, and I know the music. People really disagreed with how the music was per- like used in The Great Gatsby. Yeah, I mean Jazz Age, and there's like a lot of hip hop and jazzy mm-hmm. stuff done in it and a lot of Lana Del Rey too I mean her her Mm -hmm. young and beautiful montage is kind of like that does more for the sympathy of Daisy than anything else in the movie besides her Carrie Mulligan's performance Um, I think that the music works really well I mean it's great to watch I watched I was in a hotel and I watched a couple of scenes from across the universe the Beatles Mm -hmm. thing which is to me knock off Boz Lerman yeah um and it just doesn't hold up. It's really cringy. It's just like, you know, the woman named Prudence is locked herself into the bathroom. And then they're like, dear Prudence. And then they all kind of like look at each other and then look at the audience. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we're about to do it. Uh, whereas like, you know, you're driving across the the the, the Brooklyn Bridge. And, you know, you see you hear like, a, a, you see a jazz trumpeter in a car. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like into like Jay-Z, Kanye West. And it's like all works really well. Mm-hmm. In a way that feels supported in the narrative, narrative, and it's so confident in itself and its placement that it's not like across the universe. It's just like here it comes, guys. Yeah, I think some people would say it's gimmicky, and I completely disagree because what you're saying is true. It's it's very weaved into the narrative in an intentional way, and it's not like pointing it out too much, but you know, it's it's making a statement, and it just makes you feel connect to the characters it makes you it it pushes forward the narrative in some ways too like you were saying the young and beautiful song is meant to make you feel empathy for daisy which Mm -hmm. is kind of pushing forward the narrative so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think it works really well and you know it's splashy and different very splashy splashy (laughs) is the right word for it there is the sequence um the sequence in the in the barbershop where there's like the 
the dancers and they're in this kind of like in and out and you're not sure if it's like are they hearing hip-hop what are they hearing and it's all kind of like surrealist like it's almost like it brings you in and out of like you're in a music video you're not in a music video mm-hmm. um i think that's to me that's like the best example of it in the most subtle and then the most over-the-top version of it is when it's when they finally introduce Leonardo DiCaprio yes. and it's uh Rhapsody in Blue playing and there's fireworks in the background and it's like <laughs> so good so 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 turned up to 11 yeah yeah it's his film splashy and turned up to 11 <laughs> yeah um I also feel like they really narrow when I read this book originally it was like eighth grade seventh grade something like that um sixth grade no seventh grade seventh or eighth grade and i was fascinated by the whole backstory bit of who gary gatsby was i think that's Mm. something that they that's really important to the movie um and really important to the book and i really love the sequence with owl glasses guy where he's like he doesn't exist he's not real Mm -hmm. this is all a facade because he tells you straight up that this is a facade and the movie tells you it to you but then says but you're not gonna believe it you you want it, it, it leans so far into the you want to believe yeah and i've always i always find when we watched this movie recently in preparation for the podcast i was like this is really i'm really into this um i wonder what this film is like for anyone who has never read the great gatsby yeah i wonder we should ask someone maybe we can have a follow-up great gatsby episode yeah. Uh, someone who has not read the book. Though it's hard because the book is usually required high school reading. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's the only one I read. It's the, yeah, only, it's the only book I read in high school or in middle school. It's the book that really got me into books. You're like traditional English class kind of reading. Like I, I would do some other fun books, but I this book caught me at a great time. I was 15 or 16 years old and... You know, it was just the perfect time to read The Great Gatsby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, yeah. this If this movie gets in early, it, it hooks you. Um, the movie also features um, Elizabeth Debicki, um, who plays Jordan and really, really well. And this was her only second role, and she's gone on to become like a pretty big movie star now. Yeah, she's perfect casting, too. Like, yeah. when I saw Jordan, I was like, damn, that is Jordan. Yep. Um <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I don't think we need to really rate this movie, uh, but... Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Buy it, buy it. Buy it twice. And it's our honeymoon anniversary movie. (laughs) If you want to live like you are in our marriage, you can (laughs) buy this movie. We have ourselves a mailbag question. Oh, mailbag. Uh, This is from Lukewarm Ice Cream. Soup. (laughs) <laughs> I guess that's what that's cold, soup. Cold soup. Um, gazpacho. <laughs> um, if you could work with any actor or actress, I guess that they should just say actor. Mm-hmm. But if you could work with any actor, living or dead, who would it be and why? Um, mm-hmm. I think that like something that neither you nor I really do is like um, idolize actors so much. I think that's not something that you and I really get into. We don't, you know. I, yeah. I I'm think, more idolized directors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you have a, do you have an answer to this question? I I don't know. Like not yeah. Like you said, not a we don't idolism. So not one pops to the top of my head. Um, generally, 
I would go for someone who seems easygoing-ish and collaborative, but still knowing what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listening to some podcasts over the years, I think I could throw out a few names, but definitely maybe Carrie Coon. Oh, yeah, Carrie Coon. That's a good one. Maybe Tracy Matt Lutz. Damon. Yeah. I don't know. You could... I think... Carrie Coon, definitely. She seems really down to earth and like really, really serious about what she does without, you know, taking it to the extreme where she's like feeding her ego or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Since I got to see the questions ahead of time, since I am the mailbag (laughs) specialist, um, I I have a little bit of a list. Uh, Okay. So I'm just not going to say why. I'm just going to run down them. Um, A lot of them are dead, so it's not going to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, Robert Mitchum. You know, I think he... No, I'm not going to tell you why. Marcello Mastriami. Hmm. You know, also dead. Uh, John Hurt, also dead. Uh, Nick Cage. I feel like oh, he could be really yeah. interesting. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, John Hawks, who was in Lost. If you watch our Lost episode, you can hear our feelings mm. and thoughts on that. Ooh, he, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. That's, a, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, Penelope Cruz. I feel like she oh, she's an yeah. interesting... Uh, Diane Keaton. Also still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine Hepburn. Mm. Though I'm guessing that that would be very difficult. Yeah. But, I, you know, I mean, I think we're open to working with any actors. Uh, and we want to work with actors who are curious above all else. Curious about, how, like, the work is never done. It's just you keep on developing and developing and developing. Mm-hmm. And the greatest thing for any actor to do is to ask questions why. And, and, and I feel like that's something that actor, if a director says, fuck you, why? Um, mm-hmm. it, and it's like, not, it's like not about like saying like, why am I saying this? It's, it's like, why am I saying this? Why, as in, why did you write? Why am I saying this? Because why is my character saying this? And that's, that's to me the, that should be step one of acting is why. Mm-hmm. If I could do, like, definitely an over-the-top style film with, like, a dream cast, a very, like, Baz Luhrmann, Lur- film, <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga, J-Lo, and Beyonce. That I thought you be- said J-Leno for a second. Oh. <laughs> J-Lo. J-Lo. Talk about, like, strong women who know what they want. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't be great all together, but I think that could be fun. Yeah, I mean, there's there was rumblings um, in the... Around the Hollywood water cooler before the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, um, a Star is Born, Star is Born that there'd be a Jay Z Beyonce or Denzel Beyonce, would, a Star is Born. That would have been amazing. And yeah. I do like the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, but I could take another one. Give me another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need one about every ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's been our podcast. It's been great being married to you for ten years. <laughs> Thanks for doing it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been great for me as well. If you want us to be married for another 10 years, like and subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> yes, or, it's completely dependent upon yeah, that. Yeah, that's key to a healthy marriage is, uh, is um, blackmail. <laughs> well. We've been Andrew and Teresa, maybe. <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, yeah, so... Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we'll have more coming to you soon. And summer's right around the corner. So, yay, yay, yay. I'm yay. Andrew. I'm Teresa. Bye. Bye.